0: Okay, right. So, I'm Ben. (laughs) I'm Teo. And welcome to another episode of Pixel Vision. Was that nice and cheerful for you?
1: Oh, that was really cheerful. Well done.
0: I thought you might kick it off, but you always sort of like, there's a pause and then I just have
1: to fill the silence. In some ways, I feel like we ought to have a a smoother way of entering this.
0: No, I just just think make it awkward every time.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, in that case, I am Ben. And I am Teo. And this is... Pixel Vision. vision. <laughs> that was pretty smooth.
0: This, more than any game, needs one of my uh, game summaries. I think nobody will have, nobody will know how to summarize a game like this
1: without one of my summaries. I mean. <laughs> I know you're joking. It's Half-Life. <laughs> but, but I feel like at the same time, there is actually some truth in there, because it's not as straightforward as... Like, it was pre-pioneering. I wouldn't say it's a straight-up... Oh, it's an FPS. No, that's true.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: You got your work cut out for you now, mate.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose I have. Well, the game we've been playing is Black Mesa, which is a remake of Half-Life 1, which I think came out in
1: 2001.
0: Nope. And... Oh, <laughs> uh Incorrect. The Where original Half-Life
1: up? was released in 1998. 1998? Oh my god, that's so old. Yeah. So the original Half-Life was released in 1998. Half-Life 2 was released in 2004. And then an update to the original game, called just Half-Life Source, was published in 2005. Because it used the Source game engine. And this remake started as a mod back in 2004. So literally the same year that Half-Life 2 was released they started working on a mod for the original game using the same graphics engine that year. And they wanted to apply that to the original game. And that would become this. But that was back in 2004 and it was like two different teams who were working on it. And eventually they merged to become the Crowbar Collective, the studio who kind of made it today. Um, And then it was first released as a playable mod in 2012, (laughs) continued development. Team originally anticipated it'd be really fast to release and put out trailers for it in 2005 and 2008. So there was loads of hype. Mm. It was getting listed as vaporware in tech publications like Wired and stuff. And it only got released properly this year. So it's taken just under two decades, like 15, 16, 15, yeah, 16, 16 years.
0: Yes. That is a long time. Yeah, it's pretty mad. And do you know how many people made it? Oh, I don't. In a project like this, I imagine that like people have come in and out. But like, even the name Crowbar Collective kind of suggests that it's a bit of a... A changing group of people as like as and when um, people have the time or can like put in the energy for it
1: I definitely think it's pretty open source because there's work started on a half-life episode three as well just by fans but when you go to the website it's literally just saying, look, we're just a bunch of game devs who love Half-Life and we're working on it from home. Mm. We do it in our weekends and our evenings. It's totally voluntary. And if you want to get involved, you can. Mm. So it, I think it is a very open source mentality.
0: And it's the and it's the kind of game which will attract the people that are that dedicated that they're going to spend all of their free time working on, on mods and like stuff in the game world so that they can play more.
1: Yeah. It's really cool that um, Valve got on board with it though I think because yeah. like I think there was some talk when they originally started that, that it, they might have issues like for instance they dropped the reason it's called Black Mesa not Half-Life Black Mesa is because Valve wanted it to be clear that it wasn't a Half-Life game which to be honest that's like absolutely fair enough at the end of the day they supported development they it gave them a place in the Steam store and like I'm pretty sure they encouraged them to to rework it when they released like a later game engine upgrade or something like that like I can't remember the details but I'm pretty sure Valve were quite like hands-on and encouraging them rather than discouraging them or hitting them with legal suits and stuff like that why don't
0: they just hire them to make games <laughs> <laughs> like they're clearly like they're clearly pretty good at it I imagine they've already got jobs apart from the time scales I suppose but I mean Valve have got their own problems with time scales so they can't can't exactly look down on them for that yeah
1: no that's true um go on then so let's hear your hear your summary
0: it's a first person shooter but for me more than any other first person shooter i've played it relies on uh, an almost like cinematic pacing from one chapter to the next so like one minute you might be in a really hectic gunfight another time you might just be crawling through vents and taking things quite slowly but there's like a momentum forwards throughout the game no matter what you're doing it at each point which just makes it so compelling and i don't know i've never played there are some other first person shooters that i've played which i felt a similar thing but none, none quite hit exactly the same spot what do you reckon
1: yeah did you find that on this playthrough specifically or did you find that when you do you remember your first playthrough of half life i know you revealed to a shocked audience last week that you hadn't completed it but however much you did play
0: I think I was a little bit too late to the party on Half-Life 1. So I'd already completed Half-Life 2 when I got around to starting Half-Life 1. And I remember, I mean, truth truth be told... I- there's something about these games which means I just get stuck really really often. Like I usually back myself to solve puzzles and computer games and stuff quite quickly but even though it's linear
1: I always get to the end of a dead end and I'm like where do I go next? Where do I go next? So I think that's to do with that it's... The Half Life 1 had the same issues and I think it's earlier games with their kind of level design and map design and a lot of their textures repeat Mm -hmm. because obviously they were trying to conserve graphics or whatever. So... A lot of the areas kind of duplicate previous areas, and especially when you're moving through vents and it all looks the same, or you're moving through corridors and they all look the same. Like that can be discombobulating. Mm.
0: Or maybe like the like the lighting in the game. I can't remember what the lighting was like in um, in Half Life One, but in Half Life Two, I always remember the lighting um, being uh, really atmospheric. But then the flip side of that is that sometimes things can just be too dark for you to see them properly, Yeah, (laughs) which just means that like, like there was one, there was one point where um, I just couldn't see the ladder. Like it was, it was clearly there. Like once I saw it, it was like, oh, there it is. But initially it was like, what, what do I do next? Like, where is that ladder? Yeah. (laughs) There's so many teasing ladders because the, because of the way the physics engine works, um, you kind of you're tempted by like building stacks of crates to get on things. And you kind of think, well, because I could build a stack of crates, maybe they want me to, maybe they want me to build a stack of crates. And you spend ages like meticulously like constructing this tower only to find that like the solution is way, way more obvious than that. They never really ask you to build a tower.
1: Although I've got to say, I did actually use the stake, the crate stacking to, I think I might have like skipped a little bit because I saw where I needed Mm. to go and I couldn't, figure out how to get there. So I did actually just like build up some crates and some barrels and it was really awkward and I failed a couple of times. But eventually I managed to hop up onto this ledge. Mm. But the only reason it even occurred to me is because I'd watched that recent speed running video of Half-Life 2 where the guy is using crates and barrels and everything to do so many shortcuts for his speed run. And the game developers are watching like, what the hell, what's he doing now kind of thing. (laughs) And so while I was playing this through, I was a bit conscious of like, I wonder if there's things I could do to try and like... Like speed up this or but that. But part of the other.
0: fun is trying to break the game, I think. And to be honest, most of the time it's... Well, I mean, you have the case of speedrunners where they find every little glitch and exploit in the game to make it quick. But yeah. as an ordinary player, most of the time you don't actually find those. But you still want to try. <laughs> so, like... If there's a direction where it's obvious you want to go, you always move the opposite direction. That's just like the case with all games, I think, because you're like, well, there's got to be some secrets in the place they don't want me to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But
0: it it ends up in in Black Mesa where you're just scouting around every single room to look for a little bit of extra ammunition or health, when actually there's an abundance both, so you don't really need to.
1: Yeah, yeah, and smashing every single crate just in case there's something useful inside did as well. You? I did that. Like, I'd literally go around with my crowbar destroying every wooden crate in every room just in case there was some shield. But it was almost, like, compulsive, because often I had basically full shields it and ammo and stuff, but it's just something satisfying about smashing those crates. Those
0: little blue shield globules, yeah. it's always the shield which they give you when you find a little secret room or a secret corridor
1: yeah I do think it's really interesting not that this is relevant to Half-Life but just since we kind of went there um, with the gaming mentality how we've been trained as gamers now when you get loaded into an area, for instance, if you're facing in a certain direction, the first thing you do is turn around mm. and check what they've like hidden behind you. And there's loads of instances where that sort of mentality, as you say, does unlock a secret room. But it's almost like the game devs know that that's how all gamers think now, and they mm. just play to it.
0: Um, it's probably why I didn't end up finishing it, actually, because I had that, that completionist mindset from the start. And to be honest, halfway through, I did consciously decide to take the mindset which i usually do in games which is just like roll with whatever happened and like n- not not reloading like not worrying if i didn't have 100 percent health all the time in fact i quite i started to save at the moments when i remember it happening a lot more in half life 2 actually where you get to a tricky part and maybe for whatever reason you're only left with 20 health so like you have to defeat the hard this this hard situation with the health that you came into it with but it only happened a couple of times in Black Mesa. But I did enjoy when it did, because it ad- added a little bit of extra tension. Yeah. There's one particular bit where I only had five health, which was pretty ropey.
1: For context, then, like Half-Life 2 was my... It probably still is my all-time favourite game. Certainly my favourite FPS campaign. And I say campaign because I want to make sure I'm excluding Halo there. Because like, the multiplayer obviously killer in Halo. But single-player Half-Life 2, I've played it so many times to completion. <laughs> And I did spend ages on deathmatch and that kind of stuff as well. So I was so amped when they finally released this game. Going back to it, I was worried that it was going to somewhat neuter my experience of the first game and maybe not live up to the standard that Valve set with Half Life One and Two and the subsequent episodes One and Two as well. And I just and I've got to say, I don't. I think they did live up to that standard. I think it was really polished as a product Mm. there's definitely things that feel dated now like we alluded to the repeating corridor design and that kind of stuff a little bit as creating problems in terms of getting lost and I also do think that the pacing is just like it drags a little bit when you're still in Black Mesa and you're in the facility and you're just trying to get the hell out of there and sometimes you feel like you're coming near the surface of the of the place of the lab and then you just it, like the floor breaks and you plummet it plummet into... oh my god That's, that happens so
0: many times It's right it's right from the start because i'd forgotten that aspect of it so i like naively just after the first experiment going wrong um is it eli vance have i got
1: his name right eli vance yeah he,
0: and you see him at the beginning don't you yeah like he's he's the first scientist after um after like the explosion happens, where he's like, you've got to get to the surface.
1: You need to get to the surface and let someone know that we're stranded
0: down here. And then, like, you quite quickly almost get to the surface, then crawl through a vent, and then it down, like you said. I loved that moment, because I'd completely forgotten that it happened. And it's like, no... <laughs> I'm going in the wrong direction.
1: And when you do get to the surface (laughs) and you engage in that massive gunfight, and it's quite early on in the game, but you have to just run across, jump into this little room, and immediately get back into a vent and go back down again. Um, Like all those things. It kind of like teases you with escape Mm. permanently. But yeah, one of the things I would have said is that I was wondering how well they were going to polish it in terms of its look and its aesthetic. And it's quite strange how your mind does this, but, like, it kind of looks how I remember it looking, even though I know that it's obviously so much more polished, but it's still got, like, jagged angular edges, the textures are quite flat, mm. like, nothing, it, like, doesn't look anywhere near a sort of even 2010 game, really, I wouldn't say. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. I was reminded of um, times when we were younger, and because, as you said, you absolutely loved Half-Life 2, and after you played it, every game that would come out after Half-Life 2, you'd compare the graphics to Half-Life 2, so you'd be like still not as good graphics as Half-Life 2 though, and honestly, like game after game after game, came out like claiming it would have the the most realistic graphics, the best graphics, whatever, whatever and you'd always have the same line, which is that it's not as good as Half-Life 2.
1: And that, was, that went yeah. on
0: for like a decade almost.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think Half-Life 2 graphics really, really did hold up for a long time, especially their water. And when you started playing, um, like there was Half-Life 2 The Lost Coast, which was that tiny little sort of bonus level mm. that they gave you that wasn't directly attached to the game. But it was kind of like a graphics demo. And it was just staggering. Like, I remember standing on the top of the cliff and looking out across the ocean and all that kind of stuff. And just thinking, wow, like this is computer graphics have created this. <laughs> um, and obviously now, having played Red Dead Redemption 2 or something like that. Or, or pretty much any modern game actually. Even like Just Cause and Far Cry do this really well as, as well. When you're stood on the top of a hill and you're looking at a vista. And it just feels endless and it feels like you're in a, a completely virtual world. That's a really powerful sensation, but obviously it's done better now than it was then. And so going back to this now, I do feel like it's a bit janky. Like the graphics are a bit like ropey. Mm. It obviously is an improvement, but just versus the standard that's been set by today's games, Mm. it doesn't feel like one, if you see what I mean.
0: But you still play first person shooters these days and like you walk over to a table and everything on it is static. The physics in a lot of games still aren't at, at the same level as they are in the Source engine, are they?
1: No, that's have true. I
0: just not played enough shooters recently? But like, just in the beginning, like I spent, you know, fifteen minutes chucking cans at people's faces, <laughs> and trying to ruin their microwave food.
1: Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, to be fair, there haven't been a lot of shooters recently. Not successful ones, anyway. Mm. In, it, it, there have been some recent games like Prey, for instance, did the physics engine really well. All the Deus Ex games have done the same sort of thing with the physics engine. And in fairness, they did even way back when as well, like around similar time as Half-Life or just afterwards. Mm. But like, other than those games, you're right. Like, g- generally, when you're playing for a story-driven game that's got great graphics when you come to actually interact with something that's not necessary to the game, it's fixed, yeah. as you say. Yeah,
0: it borders on being an immersive sim-style game for that reason, and, like, I'm, re- I, I'm reminded of Dishonored, I think. Dishonored, you can pick up pretty much anything in, can't you?
1: Yeah, for sure. But that's
0: not known as a shooter, I mean, for good reason. Like, people call it an immersive sim, whereas Half-Life is definitely a shooter, but it has that same feel to it, which is maybe, like, one of the reasons why you can get so invested in the game. I don't know. interesting
1: yeah no i think it is but i also think it's the story Hmm. and the like nerdiness of it like i love the nerdiness of this game i i can't remember if that was always there or if they've augmented it massively but like i didn't realize first of all gordon freeman is five years younger than me and he's got a phd (laughs) that made me feel crap yeah
0: i mean he looks about 40
1: (laughs) yeah but then did you hear did you notice one of the security guards says to him oh gordon you've lost your ponytail which means at one stage he had a ponytail as well.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. I did love the dialogue though.
1: Oh, some of them were so good. Maxwell's demon. It's cold in here. <laughs> By oh, Schrodinger's sure cat. Cat. He's, He's alive. alive. All of those little gags were like just brilliant. I thought, and like every time I encountered one, I actually did laugh out loud.
0: Yeah, you do. You do waste quite a few, um, a few minutes, just like. Hammering E on the characters that you meet just to make sure you've like wrung all of the dialogue out of
1: them. Yeah, exactly. Although one thing is that every single NPC seems to be voiced by the same actor.
0: Yeah, and and faced by the same actor as well. I loved how they just repeated the character models like that. So unnecessary, but they must have done that just for the feel. Because obviously, when it came out. Presumably, there was good reasons why all the character models were the same. Maybe. These days, no reason for that. Just nostalgia, I felt. There was one bit where there was two scientists in the same place,
1: and they were just the same model.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> like they talking to each other. Like, that
0: must have been done knowingly, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, it probably was, to be fair some of the other little jokes in it were like did you notice all the snacks in the vending machine are all spoof titles so like instead of walker's crisps it's rambler's crisps and instead of picnic it's nick pick and like stuff like that yeah
0: no it's the Pick. i didn't notice the ramblers to be fair that's a good spot
1: and i love that bit when the security guards because as you're kind of going working through the black Mesa complex which by the way i'm really conscious we haven't even described the story yet we really should do that but um While you're in the Black Mesa complex at the beginning and you're still trying to escape, the security guards that you encounter either sort of help you and kind of run along with you shooting people with their terrible AI, or they say, oh, I'm going to wait here and you go get help type type excuse to not come with you. (laughs) But there's one when the guy follows you through almost the whole complex and you, like, are sprinting from these, like, crazy stuff and eventually you survive. And you get to the end and he goes, Well, that could have been a lot worse. And then he just gets demolished.
0: You go through the door um, the door closes behind you and you're like, huh? And then he's like... Bleh, 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 bleh. And that, those sounds go on for so long. Like, a gratuitously long time of just his scream. OK, we made it. <laughs> Oh, that'll get your heart pumping. After you, good sir. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that could have been a lot worse. Wait, what?
1: that was so comical i found that really funny that's the kind of joke that's so cheap but they 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 know it's cheap Mm. they do it fully tongue-in-cheek and they really rinse it yeah it it works
0: just NPCs to help you open doors and get to the next point just completely disposable
1: you'll need me for the retinal scanner i'm certain the rest of the science team will help you along the way so in terms of the story then, if you are listening to this and you're like, half-life passed you by a little bit.
0: Why do they keep talking about half-life? What is that? Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, I don't know the answer specifically to what a half-life is. something to do with radiation and how long something stays radioactive for, I think. That's about the extent of my knowledge as well. Yeah, so that's obviously just a pun on the title, I guess. But um, the, the story is essentially you're a guy with a PhD, a scientist working in... Black Mesa Laboratories you don't have like extensive access I think you might even be like not interning but you're like you're really junior aren't you at the beginning oh really I think so yeah because they oh, yeah. reference that do I you could even be, I have a wrong, PhD
0: but... Freeman that sort of thing
1: <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah well that that's a great meta joke though because they do they use that in all of the Half-Life games which is that um with your PhD all you're really doing is walking to A pushing a button walking <laughs> to B pushing a button that's the way it works Um, And they're really, like, self-aware of that when they make those jokes. Um, But, yeah, so you're you're a scientist. You enter Black Mesa Lab at the beginning from a rail, which, again, just a genius way to introduce to any game. It's like an establishing shot in a movie, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Where, with the establishing shot in a movie, obviously you get this massive wide screen and you can kind of see where you are and instantly get a feel for the place. In this, you're on the establishing shot of going through this kind of, like, uh, what's it called, a monorail? and you're going through the complex and you see the scale of it because man alive Black Mesa is massive
0: isn't Mm. it? The Black Mesa transit system.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Black Mesa transit system. This automated train is provided for the security and convenience of the Black Mesa research facility personnel. Yeah, exactly. And so you're kind of going past through the different laboratories. You're seeing the G-Man, the mysterious Mm. G-Man, who's a guy in a suit who appears throughout.
0: Army helicopters, uh, like big desert rocks and stuff as you go like down deeper and deeper and deeper.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So you get this amazing sense of scale. And then you arrive, you're required to help out with this experiment um, and... It it creates I think what's called a quantum resonance or oh no a resonance cascade isn't it? Mm. I never thought I'd see a resonance cascade, let alone create one. And basically, it it creates a portal to another dimen- to another not dimension to another planet another world which is Zen the alien homeworld, and aliens start coming through basically monsters. The invasion just, begins. Yeah, exactly, and they just start wrecking wrecking the the complex and obviously the experiment failure itself creates fires and explosions and that kind of stuff and then you and all the scientists think you need to escape and rush to the surface but the overlords whoever they are have decided actually the military need to cover up so they're just the military just come in and try and shut you down and kill everyone
0: standard military cover-up of the aliens
1: take me with you i'm the one man who knows everything As a story, what did you think, so, and how did it? How was it told?
0: Um, well, it's in the telling that it makes it so good because well, I mean, I just kind of said that like s- standard military cover up. That is quite a standard plot, isn't it? Aliens invade. You're the hero in the middle of it, and if you're trying to cover it up or escape or whatever. Um, but there, there, there is something compelling about this. Maybe the scale of it, or just the. The weirdness of it, because the, there's all sorts of different aliens which come in, like the head crabs and the. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you actually. What are the um, What are the one eyed ones called? Vorgons. Vorg, yeah, that. Is it Vortigons?
1: Yeah, maybe it's Vortigons I'm getting the two mixed up with the the creatures in Stranger Things, oh yeah. the TV show. <laughs> I think the oh. deep
0: shit. Well, your action. I don't know. Fireball, would have to roll a 13 or higher. Too risky cast protection. A- but like there, like there isn't much story like you you said it already, but like it is just like A like A to B, push a button, A to B, push a button. Like that's that's the the overriding hook of the game, like that you get over and over and over again. Um but I don't know, it does give you a sense of 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 scale and purpose yeah. throughout um which i like no i agree and also just nostalgia because i can remember i remember loving the the second game so much that it felt like a felt like the prequel that i was expecting to play when i went to half-life in the first place and i didn't finish it just because it was too dated for me at that point so yeah it was like it was the kind of the prequel that i that i wanted and was ready for for sure
1: yeah i know what you mean like the atmosphere is so immersive instantly Mm. And just wandering around the lab at the beginning just made me like wish I was smarter and working as a scientist on something really important. Or like, do you know what I mean? Like it creates that sense of community among all those scientists that they're all undertaking this massive experiment. And Hmm. you've got this little glimpse of what it's like, but there's something so much bigger going on.
0: Because I've, I've definitely read it before, but. I think one, one of the reasons or one of the reasons it was lauded when it came out is because it gave space to tell that story from the beginning. So it didn't just like plunge, plunge you in and you started shooting straight away. Like you don't start off with a weapon or anything. You're just wandering around in, in the lab. There's loads of scientists, loads of lockers, microwaves, microscopes, loads of stuff. That was when I was throwing cans at people's heads.
1: <laughs> one of the cool things it does as well is it doesn't utilise cutscenes. Um, oh, yeah. Whereas that's like massive in every other game, is it, even modern games. Obviously, is you'll get especially even with God, what are they even called now quick
0: action, quick time sequences. Where, like,
1: it's yeah. a cutscene, yeah, quick time sequence. It's so rubbish. Where you're you're obviously in the middle of a cutscene, and then it says projects X or like spam Y or whatever, mm. um, just to make you feel like you've got some engagement with it. Whereas this eschews that entirely, and instead you have. This game where when when there is something like a cutscene happening, it's literally unfolding and you can run around it Mm. and you can speak to people and you can avoid obstacles that are coming at you or whatever. Um, And some of the action sequences are really well executed. Mm. There are still annoying things like the loading screens. Um, I remember these being a thing in Half-Life 2 as well. But in this day and age, I'm amazed they're still necessary with the power of computers today. Mm um those like little transition screens so it's not a loading screen like like a traditional one where you know you get a splash screen and it says loading it just kind of freezes the screen and you get this tiny little word that says loading in the middle and then it, and then you can carry like it. it's
0: quite obviously split up into into segments which where, where when you move between them it needs to load so like if you so if you want to go back you'll see the loading screen and if you want to go forwards you'll see the loading screen it, it, in this exactly. day and age like it it is it is surprising, you're right It must just be that that's the way it started to be built, and then it was like too difficult to to optimize it in another direction or something I don't know
1: yeah and it is like you were, we already alluded to it is really easy to get lost in a lot of the areas, like the water treatment facilities I found especially or the residue processing plant or whatever it's called, basically where there's all those conveyor belts. And no matter which conveyor belt you get on, you end up in this massive like warehouse. Oh, God, I spent so long in there trying to figure out where I was supposed to be going. And like, I, th- I think there's quite a lot of instances, a little bit like that, where you think, God, this could be clearer. <laughs> I did
0: feel like it was they were really stretching, like how fun it was to navigate little ledges and like little bits which go up and down and like conveyor belts like you were talking about. And like putting wires together, like taking plugs out of one socket and putting them in another socket. I was like, ah, come on, lads, like this could be a little bit shorter, I think, at this point
1: yeah yeah they're milking it a little but bit but it's a fan sure. it's a
0: fan project, like yeah, you know, a lot of love's gone into it,
1: so I heard one of the original devs say that, as they were making half life Alex, which is the new v r game that they've just released, as they were making that, he wanted to go back and play through the entire half life kind of canon and Um, he opted to play this instead of the original Half-Life because he just said it was a much more enjoyable gaming experience. Because I think the original Half-Life was also plagued with those kind of issues. Because obviously gaming was more, not in in its infancy, but like relative it was. Mm. Um, And it was one of the first really great first-person shooters. So it makes sense that it would have issues with pacing and that kind of thing. Um, And also I think expectations from gamers have changed now. Like previously if you think of games like Quake and Doom and those originals, people were just happy, like, basically being put in a corridor with a gun, having enemies thrown at them and pulling the trigger. Whereas I feel like that, like, the reason FPSs have kind of not died out that's that's way too extreme but there's a lot less than there used to be is because actually people do expect more from a game now they demand more from a game and to to create an fps that has a great compelling story has a lot of maybe puzzle or interactive elements and also gives you a thrill every time you pull the trigger is a lot harder Mm. and i would say that yeah the pacing's a bit unclear here at times and a bit off but in general they kind of know yeah
0: that. i, I totally i totally agree to, agree with that and i don't have much more to add like the like the times when i was at a block and i was stuck it, it it was frustrating but if the if the payoff for that is that most of the time i feel like clever and satisfied that i'm that i'm solving puzzles and making progress in a way which isn't too easy but not too hard either like like you say they nail that um and yeah like you can't it can't you can't get it 100 percent right it'd be impossible
1: yeah when you were crawling around in vents uh which by the way is just so nice so funny it? the vents were you thinking of tim bisley in space being like simple and classic <laughs> you know when they have to climb in to get his his portfolio back there it is oh, shit they're locked no i was joking <laughs> what are we gonna do Ventilation shaft. Simple and classic. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: That's a good reference. I didn't actually think of that. I just thought about um, all, of the, all of the times where I've heard people take the piss out of Half-Life on the Internet, where, where they're, like all the memes where it's just like crawling out in another vent, Freeman or whatever.
1: With head crabs jumping at you.
0: Another game it reminded me of actually was um, Alien Isolation. Did you ever play that? It's not, it's not too old a game, like a few, few years old.
1: I haven't actually played Alien: Isolation.
0: What is it? An FPS? Kind of FPS. It's not really survival, but it's more like you're more hiding than you are fighting. Like it's it's like a Mm. thriller game kind of. And there's a lot of crawling under tables and crawling through vents in that game. And everyone went mad for that game. Like it was it was really really well reviewed, Um, and a lot of people really liked it. How
1: old is this game? I really want to play it. It's like
0: maybe three four years old. Time's going really quickly at the moment, so maybe it's a bit older than that.
1: But, um, but yeah, it's, not, it's yeah. not very old. What did you make of the difficulty of this game?
0: What, combat-wise or...
1: Yeah, I remember it being easier and this time, every battle I encountered I thought was a bit harder, specifically towards the beginning. Like, by the end, you've got so many guns and ammo. You look like you disagree.
0: Oh Yeah, I didn't find the combat hard. I found, If anything, I found it a little bit too easy. Like, there were maybe three or four, like, big set-piece battles, which I thought were, were quite tough and you had to really concentrate to make sure you just didn't get, like, machine gun down Um, but most of the time I remember I remember when I played the original Half-Life it being a lot tougher and there were those moments which I talked about earlier where like I was stuck on 10 health I didn't want to reload because I'd done a load of stuff, but I didn't there wasn't any like supplies nearby for me to recuperate either um whereas yeah no i never i never felt in danger on this
1: but i do think that's a little bit misleading because if you have an auto save in a battle which actually since we mentioned there were some really annoying auto saves i thought in this like the number of times when i'd i'd done a quick save beforehand and i went to reload and it reloaded the auto save that had happened in, while i was dying or while i was taking a shed ton of damage or something like just
0: that. as you're about to hit the bottom of a mine shaft that you'd fallen down that happened to me a few times yeah
1: Okay. <laughs> exactly, <Really? laughs> <I>, nonsensical autosaves. saves um, But yeah, I think the, the soldiers hit pretty hard Like when you do get hit by a bullet oh, And they shoot from a seriously long distance And your guns are quite inaccurate at range So it's quite hard to hit them back um, Especially because there isn't really like a zoom function Like you've got the tiny little crosshair But unlike the games these days where you can always drop into iron sights with this, you can't really. You've, your, your suit has got a zoom function, but it's separate from the guns, so it's it's not. You can't use them in tandem.
0: Your suit's got um, a zoom. Yeah, function. I just thought.
1: The, yeah, if you hit Z, you can zoom in. Didn't did, did never press that. Never pressed that one. Oh mate, there
0: were so many times where I thought I wanted to zoom.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Every time I saw the G-Man, I'd zoom right in on him.
0: I'd just look through the. Uh... Through the um, crossbow or whatever it's called.
1: Yeah. So I did did think that. And like a little other annoying things, like uh, if your gun isn't reloaded, but say it's got like one bullet of a magazine of six and another six bullets in a backup magazine, if you pick up more ammo, it doesn't factor in the fact that you've got a partially empty clip and like auto kind of fill the rest of it. Instead, it just won't pick up the ammo because it'll read you as having full ammo unless you've got like a reloaded mm-hmm. gun and like i noticed that that sounds like a really specific nitpick it does. but it's actually not because when you're in a gunfight and you're changing guns quite frequently if you play a lot of fps's you get into the habit of when you get low ammo don't necessarily reload because that takes quite a long time instead just change weapon and then you end up having a couple of guns that have low ammo in the chamber and when you go and pick up new ammo it doesn't fill them up because it's registering it as still having mm. like a full Backup clips. That that was quite annoying. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you've convinced me that that is an annoying thing. I've forgotten because I, I didn't. Because you're totally right. Like especially when you're playing multiplayer FPSs, you'll often change weapon instead of reloading. Um, but that that isn't something which I ended up doing in this game. So I guess I just encountered that problem a bit less than you. But yeah, you're totally right.
1: And then the only other thing I would say on plot, while while we assign it kind of on the tail end of that, is that I do think, and I I think this is an issue with Half Life games in general that even though the law is super strong and, like, all the information's out there for you to find if you look, and if you play the games really thoroughly and really carefully, you can find a lot of the info there as well, sometimes you're doing something in the game and you're like, why am I doing this? Like, I remember launching the rocket (laughs) and thinking, why am I launching a rocket? Like, I remember people telling me to launch this rocket and the scientists tell you to launch the rocket, and it got to a point where I was so questioning it. That I I just googled, why do you launch the rocket? And there was a massive debate on the forum about why people were launching. And it it referenced a debate even among Valve staff. Um, It seems like there's a consensus that it's to destroy the portal to Zen. But there was one member of Valve staff who was like, no, no, it's to open a different portal. Um, It sounds like he got shut down pretty fast. Um, but, I mean, when there's that much doubt about why well, you're doing something in a game, I think it's quite badly communicated in the game. Yeah, I mean, that, that
0: is really funny. I thought exactly the same thing when I was launching that rocket. I even tried to pay attention at the point, because I remembered something in the back of my head about this rocket. So when they were like, you've got to launch a rocket, I was like, right, I'm to really pay attention to the reason behind this. And then I still didn't understand, and I was like damn, I'm going to be launching that rocket again without knowing why, aren't I?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: There's a similar dynamic with um, just reactors in general in that game. So it's like, ah, I'm in another area. In order to proceed, I've got to head down to the reactor and turn the reactor on. Yeah, So many reactors to turn on in that game. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's true. And I remember thinking, how big is Black Mesa? And what does it normally do? Like while you're going around it, there's all sorts of areas that you're thinking, why does the lab even have this area? Hmm. And like some of the rooms have got that classic, you're on a conveyor belt and there's like a spinning spiky wheel on the conveyor belt or something. And you're like, what is this wheel doing? Like normally, what is this spiky wheel doing? Or like flames shoot out from the side and you're kind of having to dodge them. And you're thinking, who designed this pipe? To shoot flames from alternating directions. Yeah, the,
0: the classic Crash Bandicoot dilemma: How did the employees get to work when it's so difficult for Crash Bandicoot to like just get to the end of the road? <laughs> yeah. The um the the environmental storytelling um where it one point which I did think it was really good um was in the chapter questionable ethics. Yeah. Do you remember that? One?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, all the, I mean, I don't remember the specifics, but I'm sure I will when you say it. The titles are so good. Aren't yeah.
0: The the chapter titles are, are wicked. But um, but in that one, like clearly, they've been experimenting on a bunch of aliens at at Black Mesa, and I mean, the, the like it's directly in the title, like questionable ethics. But then later on, when you go to Zen and you see a similar thing happening from the Zen aliens, there's quite a good um, like mirroring of like species being bad to other species. Mm.
1: Yeah. Thought. Well, so hang on, that, does this fall into a spoiler? I think we're far, far enough through that we can we can reference spoilers or yeah, whatever. But yeah, when you get to Zen, are you talking about um, are you talking about the Vortigons being like oppressed by yeah. those weird mind things? The weird
0: mind balloons.
1: <laughs> mind balloons. I'm sure Valve came up with a cooler name for them. Actually, are they even in the original Half Life? I don't remember. I can't remember.
0: I don't remember them. I've never seen those mind
1: balloons before. But I do remember that the Vortigons are being oppressed by something. I think because in Half Life Two, the Vortigons are your friend, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and they've even and learned to say your name. And yeah. <laughs> <Vadoomba>. <laughs> I can't do it
0: properly. I loved hearing that chat. But did you not feel knowing that, um, did you not feel really bad like killing them in the first place? Or did you just put it
1: outside of your mind? I guess I should have a little bit. I mean, it's true that as soon as I encountered that in the game. Uh, I stopped killing them. I always shot the mind balloons. That's just what we're calling them now. (laughs) I always shot the mind balloons before I shot the vortigons. Mm. Like I got one of the achievements was to get through the area without killing any mind controlled vortigons.
0: I knew it would be, but I never got, maybe I just haven't reached the point where I would get that achievement. I knew that would be an achievement. and I was really trying hard to get it as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I liked that because I felt like it was a, a little sort of prize for having good ethics while you're playing the game.
0: And it's the same um, from the second chapter when you're in the office, where you get a little achievement for saving all the office stuff. Did you get that one?
1: No, I didn't save all the office stuff. That's annoying. But, I mean, in fairness, that was my fault, because I just shotgunned a couple of them to the face.
0: What, by by mistake?
1: (laughs) No, you know when sometimes you're, like, trying to... (laughs) <laughs> you know when sometimes you're trying to get in a room and they're like, sorry, Freeman, oh, sorry, sorry, and the AI is just lining up directly in front of you, whichever way you turn. Let me get out of your way, Freeman. And it just really irritates me, so I would just shoot a couple oh, of them to get them out of the way. This is
0: blatantly another reason why it took me so long, isn't it? Because, like, I would, I'd, I'd tell them to wait there and, like, clear the area and then get them to follow me and then tell them to wait there and then clear really? the area. I took... Such good care of the scientists and the guards, yeah. There's one moment...
1: Oh, well There's one
0: moment in that office as well where you just go through... It's a really small bit where you go through, like, a little freezer area um, and you meet a woman, a, a scientist there, when you um, when you first enter and she won't follow you and you're like, oh, OK, maybe I'll come back for you later. You move through the freezer area and then you come out and you can go back in and, like, look at her and she's still just there, freezing in the freezer and there's no way to save her. Really? And I've still got the achievement for... For saving all the office staff. So you definitely can't save her. Yeah, haunts me to the day that freezer woman. So the
1: game just really doesn't care about <laughs> the freezer woman. The woman in the freezer. I bet in game, I bet they've all like named her. And she's like Sharon from accounting or something. Who mm. <laughs> They've never liked. And yeah. they leave her stuck in the freezer. Of, uh, uh, I knows? really
0: did take such good care of the scientists and the security guards. Um, and I was really pleased with myself. And the, the, do you remember the moment where... You, it's the first time you see a military person, I think, or close to the first time. Ah, actually, is it? Anyway, it's like the scientists aren't hiding; they still think they're there to help. Yeah. Um, so the one military man comes down the lift, and there's one scientist, and you sort of approach from above, <laughs> and then, and then the first, the first time I went through, um, he, the scientist was like, "Yes, help, help, help!" But then he just got gunned down by the military.
1: Oh, rescued at last! Thank God you're here.
0: And I was like, ah, can't be having that. But it's actually a really tricky moment to save it. But second time, I went round, picked up a gas canister, just completely on the spare moment, picked up a gas canister, threw it down, shot the gas canister, killed the military guy, and the the scientist was there being like, what have you done, Freeman? (laughs) Because he obviously thought he still thought he was there to help. Yeah, yeah. So I saved him. Wait, so was that, was that on like a reload? Murderer. Was that on a reload then? Only, only one reload. Yeah, I was so oh, I thought that
1: is oh, so cool. So I wonder if you can still get the achievement if you haven't reloaded and done that. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's. Maybe. Wow, no, I think it was man, in the... that's really cool. I feel like you almost discovered an Easter egg because that happens so fast that he gets killed. That I was like, oh, there's no saving that guy. Yeah,
0: I literally thought it was going to be like I reloaded in the knowledge that I was like that's gonna that happens too fast there's no way I'm gonna be able to do it and I didn't like think about throwing the gas canister down it just sort of like happened yeah (laughs) like I saw it and I was like I think I even did it by mistake and then shot it by mistake and I was like what have I just done that was amazing
1: Terry Sharma meets Jason Bourne just a moment of spontaneous genius
0: I really wish I'd screen grabbed it or had my record on or whatever. Not like ever
1: have my record on, so it's
0: not, not a thing.
1: No, but that is really cool. Um, One of the things that we should probably give a bit more attention to is the Zen home world. Because that's the element that these guys, the Crowbar Collective, spent the most time kind of elaborating. Because in the original game that was not panned, but like people thought it was kind of the worst bit of the whole game. It was really, nothing really happened there. There was a lot of jump puzzles that were really hard because the jumping was stupid. Zero gravity didn't work super well in the original game. There were a lot of kind of issues with it, and it was just a boring environment, like it wasn't particularly aesthetically pleasing, whereas Zen Homeworld Take Two, with these guys... Yeah,
0: like sensory overload, is <laughs> incredible. Yeah,
1: talk about a contrast, it's it's, it's like Avatar, isn't it, it's mm-hmm. like it playing like, through Avatar. It is
0: like Avatar, It's exactly what it reminded me of, but... Initially, I was really pleased because I was worried it was going to be quite like Lovecraftian and like loads of like flesh and spikes and stuff like that. And uh, it was actually like really beautiful. There is a bit of that. You had enough of that in Walson. Oh my God. Yeah, I had had enough of that in Walson. That's probably why I was tiring of it.
1: (laughs) Bodies everywhere.
0: Yeah. Whereas it was just, it was just really pretty. And there wasn't, um, and there wasn't even that many things to kill there. Like, mostly it was. Um, just, like, taking in the environment and jumping from place to place and, like, opening leaves and jumping on leaves. Yeah, I thought it was lovely.
1: Yeah, me too. It was a massive change of pace. Like, it almost... If if there's a problem with it, it's that it actually almost feels like a slightly different game mm-hmm. because you get there and it's way less about shooting, as you say, even though there are some creatures that still run at you, like those things that are like... Aah! And then just explode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those, like, little pig sound things. like there are obviously those lots of those like shark fish things um but in general it's way more puzzle focused isn't it like every area is a puzzle area Mm. you have to figure out how to open this or close that or open a door or and
0: and and unlike some of the points in black mesa all of the puzzles are are really well visually cued like i i I didn't never really i never felt stuck in zen because the, the the color contrasts were a lot easier to understand and like when you had to follow particular, like, roots or whatever in the trees, it always seemed quite clear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it was satisfying.
1: And it also was one, it was one of the areas of the game where it was really obvious that the graphics had improved. Like, they wouldn't have been able to create that level of intricacy and detail um, with interesting flora and fauna and that kind of stuff in the original I mean, even the flowers are luminous, kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. right? that—that's really cool. And like they respond as you as you walk close to them. Some of them like retract and this kind of stuff. That's it's really really cute. Like it's just a great kind of experience to have wandering around Zen. Um, but it's a lot longer as well. It's about f- four. I think they say it's four hours of gameplay, but I actually think all of their estimates are a bit conservative. I would say it's a bit longer. Yeah,
0: that. I've definitely been in it for. For at least four hours, and uh, you reckon I've got three hours more to play, <laughs> so maybe I'm just being particularly slow. I was, I was a little bit worried because, um, well, yeah, to 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 give everyone a, a bit of an insight, I thought I could play it, um, it to completion in time for the podcast this evening. Didn't quite manage it, and so there was one point where I did get a bit stuck, and I thought mm, I can't really, don't really have time to to spend like messing about like I normally do. So I looked quickly on a guide and saw that the, the full Zen guide was three hours long. So I was like, oh, cool. Well, I must must be quite close to completing it. I'd been playing it for about two and a half hours. And the point which I was at took the guy the the through half an hour to get to. So at that point, I thought, mm, maybe this isn't going to happen. I am just slow.
1: But I think it's because we're the kind of gamers who want to sort of savor the experience that we're having. Mm. And like they've spent ages creating this massive world and you want to explore that thoroughly mm. you don't want to just gloss through it and race to the next area which which again is a is a compliment to the game because there are so many games i play where i am thinking god i just want to get to the next zone and get to the next level or finish this section or whatever um and especially on zen i didn't feel like that so much my my only issue with the puzzles i would say is that their difficulty often doesn't really stem from logic um so much as just a bit of confusion about where it is specifically You need to go like not, as you say, not as much on Zen, um, although there were a couple of times Mm. where I was a little bit confused. But in general, it's not that the puzzles are hard. It's that you're thinking like, okay, I know what I need to do, but where the hell is this thing? And as you mentioned right at the beginning with the low light, like the flashlight is basically useless. I felt like I had to have it on the whole time, but it didn't really increase the brightness at all. And I play with brightness played right up. It's not the most powerful flashlight of a the game for sure
0: <laughs> there <laughs> were, like, are, there were often you're... times when I was like is my flashlight on and I turned it off like oh I tried to turn it on actually turned it off and then it was like completely pitch black and I was like oh, okay it is doing something but come on
1: yeah I would love if they'd have put in a little, um, like character response where, cause sometimes you've got the flashlight and it's shining right into the face of the character that you're speaking to. I would love it if they'd have included something like, would you please lower that or something? Yeah, that would be funny. Um, one of the examples that really frustrated me on Zen was in the Vortigon area where there's like lasers and you're on this cube. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. You're on like this cube and there's lasers coming at it from multiple directions and you're, like, having to move around on the cube. But obviously the first time you play it, you have no idea where the lasers are going to come. So that is just like a series, like, Groundhog Day, yeah. where you've got an autosave, you die, you reload, you do it differently. Then you die from the next bit, you reload, you do it differently up to that point. Then the next laser kills you. I was like, what is this? This is just a sequence of about eight moves that you couldn't possibly know in advance.
0: Yeah, that is a perfect summary of that moment. Um, and, like, even before then, I'd, I've already said it, but I thought, mm, this, they're stretching this a bit. And when I got to that bit, I was like... Mm. yeah <laughs> should have made this sure <laughs> like come on <laughs> taking the piss with that with that section and like
1: that was a classic example of where i'd done an a bad quick save as well i like quick saved when the first laser went by and i was like yes i managed to avoid it and then i got hit by every subsequent laser and i'd saved way too close mm. to it it was really awkward mm. um but yeah, so other than that, I mean, I, I guess we could have a big spoiler warning. Oh no, you haven't got to the bit with G-Man at the end yet. No, of the go end, on. Spo- spoiler, spoiler. Okay, so big spoiler warning for everyone listening. This involves G-Man at the end of the game. If you played Half-Life 2, you'll remember once you've actually defeated Breen in the tower and kind of exploded it, G-Man walks towards you and he has that little monologue about time, time Freeman or Freeman. Dr. Freeman, is it really that time again? And it's a bit like that with this, in that he emerges... uh, I can't remember how he appears to you now. I think it's a similar thing. The screen goes black, he appears, and he says, right, you've got a choice. I've been really impressed with your, like, working. We want to hire you. You can either accept that we'll hire you for, like, future services, uh, but he's really non-specific about what they are, or I can offer you a battle that you have no chance of winning. And obviously... I was like, well, I'll go with the battle. <laughs> I've got you no chance of choose. winning. You... Yeah, so you get to choose. But it's a, it's a kind of fa- false choice because you make the decision. And with the battle that you choose, you get loaded into an area where there's like, it looks like the uh, pre-Helm's Deep. You know, when like in Mordor, mm-hmm. all, the, all the armies are like lined up. It's like that, but with all the enemies you've seen from the game, like literally thousands of them. And you just get teleported into the middle and they all like turn to look at you. And then the game ends. That's if you choose the battle. And then I reloaded and played the other ending. And if you choose with the other one, it just says like, good choice. We'll look forward to working with you type thing. Then the game ends. So it's not really a choice. Uh, Um, And especially knowing that there is a sequel and what happens in the sequel. I don't really understand how you could choose the battle.
0: Yeah, so the canon choice is the the second one, the one the one that you chose second.
1: Choice. I assume, I mean that's the only one that really works. And then
0: and then you get ported into city 17 or whatever. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that that's it really. Have you got anything else you wanted to specifically sort of say about it? Uh, what haven't we
0: covered? We've talked about like the sense of traversal, the puzzles, The combat, the pacing.
1: Weapons, game mechanics, like anything like that.
0: I mean, for me, like those aren't really the the interesting parts. Although, you know, there are a lot of different weapons, more than I was expecting. They are creative. And they are are creative. It's not
1: mainstream. It's true. It's true.
0: Um, And they all feel quite distinct, don't they? Which is nice.
1: Yeah. And the same with enemies.
0: And the same with enemies. And you use them all as well, which isn't always the case. Like sometimes with games, it's like you get the next weapon and that's the one you always use. Whereas this one, you felt like each of them had a bit of a function or you ran out of ammo so you're forced to use them yeah how about you you already said that it lived up to your expectations but because you're definitely like a big big half Life fan.
1: yeah i think it did definitely like i i I still would if i was going to replay a half-life game again it would still be half-life 2 Mm. just because that for me is the benchmark and this didn't hit that benchmark but it was it was still a great game and in part that's probably just nostalgia talking because it like with you, Half-Life 2 was the first one I played. I went back to Half-Life 1 afterwards. So for me, Half-Life 2 has always been the the originator and the, the like best game. But the only other two things I really wanted to talk about, one was the soundtrack which I thought was really oh, yeah. cool, but, so, like, just too loud in places.
0: <laughs> it, what, like, intrusive?
1: Yeah, too intrusive, like, especially when characters are speaking. That
0: is fair, but but I'm glad you mentioned that, because it, the soundtrack was, was really, really good. Like, there were moments when it kicked in, and I was like, I want to put this on, Like like, when I'm not playing the game.
1: did you find it anywhere i couldn't find it i know it's by joel nielsen um i think it is available as an ost because i i I read that he'd released it before the game Mm. and he added the zen levels because originally they didn't it didn't include the zen levels because they were kind of an add-on um so i'm pretty sure he has released it somewhere i don't know if i would just listen to it by itself but you're right like while you're gaming like me and my brother used to always play uh Whenever we played Halo multiplayer, we'd always put on the Jarhead soundtrack, yeah, yeah. which was great. <laughs> just like that kind of like slightly military or militant style of mm. music that really amps you up and you feel like you're about to go and nail some mofos. Yeah,
0: whenever another band kicked in, I just thought, oh, Ben's going to have fun editing the podcast with all these. A few Glungars and these st- and this stuff and you're sorted. <laughs> <laughs> glungars. That's what the water guns say. Galangars. Oh right. God, they say it enough. They literally have uh, three words and when you're in Zen you again you hear them say it over and over again
1: yeah i guess i just was like oh that's an alien language so i didn't really kind of focus on what it was they're saying ever the linguist (laughs) you always tend to focus on the what's being said in funny accents yeah it's true then finally i just wanted to ask you what you think of remaking classic games just as a principle and kind of what your attitude towards it is because it's really popular at the minute like we've seen it with the resident evil games as well resident evil 2 was out last year resident evil 3 just came out nemesis i do feel like there's a heavy weight of nostalgia driven game development underway what do you make of that yeah
0: i mean like partly it is nostalgia for sure but another another part of it is like there's a reason that we still read books which are hundreds hundreds of years old and that's because they did really great things then which haven't been done better since and it's definitely the same with games. Like They're really old games and they look super dated but the things that they were doing and they tried to achieve are still super valuable today and so if you're able to update them and bring them to a new audience I think it's a good idea.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because that's more or less kind of how I feel about it as well. Like As a rule of thumb, I, I'm kind of against it my gut instinct is like been there done that let's let's innovate let's create new things like there are so many people with great ideas and great creative impulses who could be out there creating new games and new franchises and new stories and all that kind of stuff that i'm generally against it because it feels like a misdirection of resources Mm. but at the same time there are exceptions to to that to every rule and i think when a concept's really really strong but the tech isn't there to do it justice or like the tech isn't quite there to just deliver on that concept as it, as, well, as well as it could be, then it can be worthwhile to do the remake. And in some ways, I think that's why with this, maybe it's also just because I love the game, so I'm biased, but I feel like it was worth remaking this because there's a whole new audience who it will, you know, it will please, mm. hopefully, I, maybe, I, or it might just be fans. Going yeah, up, exactly. I I, the,
0: the proof in that will be whether... Um whether people that wouldn't have played it previously do play it now and still do think it's really good. Because if it's just there's people that played it before that still think it's good now, then, I mean, you haven't, you haven't really added much, have you, by, by remaking mm. it? Well, I mean, yeah, it's good, good yeah. that most people have got something to enjoy. But but my, my point was really that if computer games are an unusual medium in that they, in that they can become outdated, not just because they like things look newer but because like physically the technology that things were built on before doesn't run them anymore like it's made for an old operating system which no one uses so like you've got to update it maybe that doesn't it's not quite the case with um like an entire remake like this but the reason why sites like GOG good old games exist is because um there are lots of old games which are no longer compatible but a massive market for them
1: yeah it did get me thinking about what other games i would love to see remakes what on. did you think of well so this isn't one of them by the way but it's just occurred to me since when i kind of mentioned some of the other nostalgia driven games like we just saw wow classic get released as well uh, world of warcraft classic we did so indeed. that's another another one where they where they kind of were harking back to what an original experience it was and trying to capitalize on that again
0: whether you're for the alliance or if you're for the horde, it's time to toast to 15 years. Everyone, raise your sword. No enemy can defeat us. There's no battle we can't win. When we crunch the numbers, stand together and fight.
1: Be- we- or- yeah, Be- no. So for me, it was games from when I was really young. Like I remember playing Prime Target, which was like a Mac OS, um, even pre iMac game. Um, I think probably like 1998 or something like that, 1999 maybe? No,
0: 1996. Where
1: you're this guy who's a senator's been murdered and you go to visit the senator and then the whole building that he's in is just occupied. It was, you know how earlier I mentioned Quake and Doom and games like that? It was literally like they put you in a building and throw enemies at you and you shoot them. And each of the enemies gets incrementally more difficult as you play through. And the guns are ludicrous. There's like rocket launchers hiding in waterfalls and stuff. But while I was playing it through, I was like, I oh, imagine if this was given a li- new lick of paint, like hyper-modern graphics, and they really developed the story. This like shrouded mystery of why a senator had been killed. I thought as a premise, it was quite cool. But I mean, they would need to do a hell of a lot of work on that. Another one was Pathways Into Darkness, which was a similar time. I think actually made by Bungie pre even marathon so way pre halo and it's like you're in this pyramid and you is it a pyramid or i think you're lost in some sort of tomb and basically there's like nazis and banshees and you're kind of going through killing stuff i I watched someone on youtube playing it recently and i thought god how did anyone play those games back then like they're (laughs) they're just such an eyesore but (laughs) What about you? What yeah, would you? No, I
0: can't think of any off, off the top of my head. Like, there's one um, which you got me to play, actually. Another one which I didn't complete because um, I just thought the, the graphics were too poor or maybe I got stuck. Uh, is it The Longest Journey?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Longest Journey.
0: The Longest Journey um, point, point and click adventure. But it was clearly like such a cool game and such an epic adventure that yeah, just looked absolutely terrible that I'd never finished it. But yeah, something like that, which I know is it's a really, really highly rated game. And would definitely benefit from just, like, looking way nicer than it does.
1: You know, that would almost be like a Disco Elysium-style game, actually, if that got remade. It would, yeah. you right. would. Okay, cool. Well, I think we've put that to bed. Nice. We've closed the portal on that. Yeah, we've closed the portal on that one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> next time uh, so what Pixel are we, Visit, next? <laughs> we are playing um, Frostpunk, is that right?
0: Yeah. Frostpunk, Frostpunk, yeah. It's one that I've been really, really looking forward to, and I tried to play it once already. So luckily, I didn't manage to play it; couldn't get it working on my janky copy of Windows Eight. But now, with but your brand on new GeForce Now,
1: GeForce Now, God, mm-hmm. so can, first can, world take. I can play it.
0: Yeah, and I've been looking forward to a, for it for it for ages. So.
1: Yeah, that is extremely cool. I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Full full disclosure: I did already start playing. Taylor's getting annoyed (laughs) with me because I've I've always started the next games before he's finished the existing games. Oh, it's fine. Um, So I am gonna I'm gonna make a little a little resolution to try not to do that from this game onwards. Mm. Um, But I have already started playing uh, Frostpunk, and I'm looking forward to talking about it.
0: All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you next time.
1: Yeah, wrapping it up. i'm going to um i'm going to go back to i don't know I'll, I'll play something else in the meantime go back to walson you're about to say aren't you
0: <laughs> <laughs> go back to world of warcraft <laughs>